the Konza Show on cliffcentral.com. Ah, jeez. Sanmanan, okay. Wow, I come back, Rory. You're rusted. And the, uh, the first thing I get is we've got stings now. You've rusted. And the second thing is, I listen to your shows. You know we're on oh, podcasts. Yes. You're saying I'm white privileging over there. In the but NYC. you were white privileging all the way in New York. <laughs> You're white privileging. Let's, let's, let's accept it. You're okay. white privileging. Okay. I was uh, enjoying my white <laughs> privilege. Thank you very much, mom and dad. Yes. And, and apartheid. Thank you very yes. much. Um, so yes. I was in uh, New York there and uh, it was really, really interesting. Glad to be back, though. If anyone tells you that America is better than uh, South Africa, they are mistaken. They are absolutely mistaken. The South African and African narrative is so much more interesting, so much more exciting, and uh, so much more honest. That's that's my general feeling on uh, the USA right now. Mm, okay, so you 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 came back disenchanted with the American dream. Yeah, they've got absolutely. a black president now, dude. Come on, ah. come on, <laughs> they've got a black president. Surely, you know, that changes everything. What did you, what were you saying earlier about a cappuccino effect? Yes, with the sprinkles on the top, the yes. black sprinkles on the top, yes. with the white underneath. Yes, right? that's America. Is man. that America? That is America, man. Well, to today's show, is that the DA? Uh question mark. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. Listen, there's been a lot going on in the news um, since since I've been back. Um, uh, there's been a lot of allegations being thrown around, headlines going on about the DA being racist. As a political party, Rory, mm. as someone who was in the political space, mm. is the DA racist? Are they a racist party? Well, we need to ask that as a very, <coughs> we need to ask that as a very, uh, we need to be careful, first of all, right? So I believe that every party has its bad apples, right? That does not necessarily make the party racist. Mm-hmm. If you want to speak about a party being racist and being a defender of white privilege, you need to look at their policies, you need, you need to look at their systems, you need to look at the processes, and then come to a conclusion and say, is this party racist? Where I, I come into this particular debate is, is I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if I can say that the DA is racist. Um, I know that it, it is not a culture that I feel I, w- I would be comfortable in right now, um, but I can't say for As a sure. South African or as a black man? Well, I, I like to think I am a black South African man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so as as all of the above, as all of the above, um, it just to me it still doesn't feel like a culture. Kisses and things happening in the past aside, it still doesn't feel like a culture that I would, even with with Helen Zilla out, it still it still comes across to me as a cappuccino party, mm-hmm. uh, building a. a, a, a big strong black base with a, a tiny slither of white on the top and right. sprinkling of black on the top uh but i'm willing to to i'm willing to be to be proven wrong and then that's what this show is about and uh joining us in the studio is uh the national spokesperson of the da eusebius mckaiser thank you eusebius that's great uh, thank you very much for joining you us. heard it here first <laughs> <laughs> he's already got his blue shirt here and card ready to go huh? <laughs> You see, Ms. McKaiser, political analyst, uh, a columnist, uh, radio presenter, uh, MC. Have I got your bio? Radio correct? presenter, you're offering me a job, dude. I am. I mean, you're here, so you might as well just join the club. Um, and uh, you've pretty much done a whole bunch of stuff. I saw your hashtag Black Excellence. I know what you've done. Um, so um, thank you for joining us. We've also got the real DA spokesperson. Um, am I, have I got that right? Refilway. Yes. The okay. real one. Real, Refilway and Tech. 
Nteche. Is that it? That's it. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank uh, you. <laughs> you are going to do the hard task of uh, proving to us that the DA is not a racist party. I hope your DA Twitter trolls are ready to go here because this is going to be difficult. I'll tell they you were. They sure. trolled you last night. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for protecting. I really appreciate that. Rory, get us started here. You know, what are you thinking? Well, you forgot to mention that uh, Eusebius is an author. Could I vote the DA? Um, which 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 looks at which looks at him. Uh, somebody said, uh, while while this book was supposed to hold up a mirror to the DA, it actually holds up a mirror to him, master world champion, master debater, and so on and so on. So I think that the key thing here is yes, the Diane Kochler Barnard thing happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and that should we explain been, that? Yeah. Well, if you don't know it, if you don't know, then you're ignorant, and you should you should you should just go away. That's not. This is not the show for Diane Kochler Barnard. It's been dealt with on other platforms. She forwarded or she retweeted something that somebody said, which which included in their praise for P.W. Buerta. Mm. Um, and she said it was an accident, right? I, I did not I did not see this. I, you know, I just retweet things that, are, that I don't read mm-hmm. because that's just what I do. I just I retweet, do right? Yeah, do it all the time yeah. too. You know, Absolutely. I see something and I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a tweet. I'm just going to retweet it. I'm, I'm not going to read it, right? So that happened. Um, and then that caused – apparently this happened a while back, but somehow this came up recently. And uh, she's now in trouble, uh, as as with with Black Twitter, it would seem. Uh, well, the trouble started in <laughs> we Black. Never sure <laughs> about Black the, the trouble the trouble started in Black Twitter. Uh, we've got one of the prime ministers of Black Twitter here, Eusebius. So he'll oh, really? he'll explain to us uh, what happened there. So the trouble started in Black Twitter. It it, it gained prominence. And to cut a long story short, she has now been demoted, uh, apparently. She, she used to be shadow minister. She's now deputy shadow minister. She's got a disciplinary hearing on Friday. So interesting times. So what I'd love to know, uh, and maybe start with you, Eusebius. We're speaking about this. Is there such a thing even as a racist party in South Africa? Or, or, or is it just a party that's got its bad apples and Diane Kochlebarnard might happen to be one of them? The British National Party in England is a racist party. In South Africa, I don't think that any of our parties have sufficiently extreme institutional ethos and values that saturate every single part of the political party for me to comfortably and unambiguously say the ANC is racist, the DA is racist. So as awesome and provocative as your throw forward to the discussion was on social media, <laughs> including the idiotic troll who asked you why your panel is in, is imbalanced, uh, actually as balanced as a starch diet. Yes, yeah, so or whatever, whatever the poor analogy was. Yeah, I don't know which English teacher taught him. Be that as it may, my answer is actually going to be the same as Rafil, and I'm sh- I'm sure we will just disagree to some extent on the details. I don't think the the DA is is institutionally racist. Mm. Obviously, the DA, as a party that has many people who suffer privilege that they don't own up to, we can talk about whether the party, as a party, um, has managed to tackle white privilege in the country, mm. whether it speaks to black people's issues. I'm still convinced that they don't. So in the details of their tone, their messaging, the policies, you know, the culture of the party, there's lots there one can unpack how, how black-friendly it may be. Uh, Rory, but on on just as a sort of top line answer to the question, I actually don't think the party is racist. I think the party has got many faults, missed opportunities over the last couple of years. Opportunities still, 
uh, now that Helen is not there. But I wouldn't say the party is blankedly racist. I think yeah, that's just fundamental. That, that, that black case that Rafilwe gave you that looks <laughs> full of money. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Andrew, <laughs> Andrew, I think our show is done. <laughs> Answer the question. I think we can pack well, up listen, and go. Well, before, listen, before you ask, 0861 is the number to dial. 0861 is the number to dial. You can also hit us up on WeChat. And if you would like to be a troll, we love trolls. We really do. I see that even you've got some really influential guests on Twitter, um, uh, Eusebius. Professor Tim Noak says that you're looking fat. Can I send you a free book? Which I, I have no idea what that has to do with the conversation. <laughs> but, but, but take the book anyway, you know. Um, so uh, those are the details. Give it, hook us up uh, at Cliff Central or at Rory Shabalala at Yebo underscore Levy. Tell us what you think. Is the DA racist? We've got a few comments coming through. We'll get to them. Rory, you, you, you want to... Th- well, to I, add I, some I want thoughts. to ask something to. Uh, well, I want to just get Ausrefilo into the conversation. Um, so, this keeps coming up. This thing of is the DA racist and so on. Before you answer that, with with the beautifully crafted uh, talking points <laughs> that I'm sure the, the 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 DA machine has crafted. How long have you been a DA member for? Twenty one years. Twenty one years. Pod is not 21 years old. (laughs) 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 21 years. No, let let me clarify. Just come a little closer to the mic. There we go. When I got to UCT, (laughs) I was a member of SALSA, which is South African Liberal Students, which has literally been taken over by the DA Students Organization. Yes. And I then joined DP in those days Mm. just as a member. I wasn't as active. And then in 2001, when it became the DA, I also joined... um, I, I moved with the party. Mm. So, yeah, so, been in the so political s- space as a liberal for 21 years. So the DA has always has always been an attractive proposition for you as a black person. Yeah. And so so you would say that this is it, it's definitely not racist. I mean, you've gone and joined it or you know. Let me tell you why I joined the DA. Mm. I have my own set of values. I've always been I'm a political analyst as well okay. from UCT. Mm. I studied political philosophy. And my values aligned with their values from day one. And obviously when you're political analyst, you tend to be more critical. And I became more critical from a very young age. Mm. I mean, I got to UCT when I was 17. And from then on, I, I really just couldn't see a fit with like the Saskos. So naturally, I gravitated towards a liberal party, which at the time was Salsa on campus because DA didn't have DASA. So is, is the DA a liberal racist party? No, you can't say DA is a liberal racist party, but you can say maybe there's individuals who have done some racist things. But I wouldn't even say Diane is a racist because she merely shared information, which to her downfall, she she says she didn't read. So Downfall? Mm, mm. <laughs> I, I also, I caught that and I was like, mm, do you know or what's going to happen on Friday? No, no, no. I mean, sadly, you know. <laughs> Having not read, and I mean, I do that a lot. You find a credible person who you think um, you read articles of and you believe in, and there's a lot of people. For example, Musa will write something, and I'll just share it without reading it mm. because I, it's a credible source for me. Mm. And I'm not defending Diane. I, we should be reading because as public representatives, we should be more responsible in how we share information. Mm. We should actually be reading it. But then again... That's something not for me. It's an internal decision, which she will defend herself at the FLC on Friday. All right, let me ask you. I mean, and now I see that the DA trolls have come to the party, including <laughs> uh, your counterpart, Pumzile Van Dam. She's listening now, I can see, which is great. Um, 
if you were the head of the DA, yeah, on Friday, are you getting rid of this this wonderful person named Diane? Okay, first of all, the head of the DA doesn't make that decision. It's the FLC that makes that decision. Okay, if you were part of the FLC, what is your vote? Diane is not a racist person. I know her personally. She has contributed so much to the party. And knowing someone on a personal level and looking at the mistake that she has made, I don't think it warrants her to be taken out of the party or or membership terminated. I actually just think that's not the right way to go. But it's not my decision again. But don't you think black South Africans will look at that? And let's just say she gets a little slap on the hand, right? And they'll be like... What are they trying to play at here? This person shared a post of a, an old apartheid head who killed millions or thousands of people. But shouldn't we also go through the issue of innocent until proven guilty? Because at this point, yes, she shared. But we don't know the facts behind how and what she's, the, the sharing took place. In her defense, she said, I never read the whole post. Well, in that case, she should be slapped over the wrist three times for for stupidity. <laughs> I mean, you don't want senior front bench politicians who are not reading things. So I'm not sure if it's much of a defense to say she hasn't read it. But the other thing is, have you seen how she reads in Parliament when she delivers her speeches? She speed reads. Yes. I looked at that for one second, and the heart of that posting by this journalist who doesn't deserve his name to become famous. Yes. Uh, it just screams at you the bit about P.W. Puerta. So I think the jury's out whether she actually read it or not. But here's the thing about racism. Racism is not just a matter of whether your heart is clean. What is your intention? What is your motive? Okay? There's no way, unless you're a shrink at Friday at the DC, you can cut over her head mm. or her heart to try and understand what her motive is. Mm. So, uh, Rafil, where the, the rest of the committee, uh, the leader, they can't deal with motive because motive is so difficult to unpack. Yes. And Rafil was right. She's got privileged access to Diane, so she's in a better position than the rest of us in the studio to make a judgment call about her character. But... Racism is about exactly what Andrew was getting at, the effect that an utterance on action has on the existing structures and the public discourse. Mm. For better or worse, it doesn't matter how pure Diane Barna, uh, Caller Barnett's heart, the impact of that statement is what Musi and the party has to manage. So to defend her, as he did yesterday at Art Club, Musi that is, by saying... Um, her heart is not racist. <laughs> is to is to reduce racism to a question of motive. Yes. But anyone who understands racism, or they can wait till my new book in three weeks. Racism. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Like a blood. Like racism operates on many levels, mm. and when you think about the effect of this kind of posting being shared, you can't just ask the question. Does Diane Cola Barnett have a pure heart? You mm. also have to ask yourself this question strategically as a party. What is the systemic and the discourse impact of the remark? And you've got to manage that. And sometimes you fall on a sword, as politicians in established democracies do, not because your heart is impure, but because you, you, you try and minimize the systemic the and the discourse effect. And I want to see how the party, whether the party can A, show complexity on how race operates, whether they can see that asking a question about her motive is insufficient and whether she herself can separate her own motive and I, by the way I think her motive was pure mm. I actually don't think she intended it but whether she can separate that from prioritizing the party in terms of the impact that the, the comment will have I think if I can just um, mm. interject there um, if you look at the charge sheet which I've, I haven't seen but I've been told about mm. I mean some of the things she'll have to answer to at the disciplinary hearing is obviously Bringing the party into disrepute And obviously her behavior Which talks to what you've actually said mm. So obviously those things will be considered 
by the panel at the FLC when they sit down at this disciplinary hearing on Friday. So let's uh, let's let's come back because the topic is not Diane that that's been discussed. It's it's more the party. Um, somebody on Twitter said, Siabon Gagnesi said, this past week the DA demoted someone from an imaginary position as punishment for racist conduct. Um, the fact that she's been moved from shadow minister to, to deputy shadow minister, what rights and privileges does she lose, if any? I think the reality, if you're a shadow minister, you're a more senior member than when you're a deputy shadow minister. What do you lose? What has she lost? What, what Your privileges? prominence. Her salary? Salary-wise, we all earn the same salary. I mean, we, I mean, from a parliamentary point of view, all the parliamentarians, except your leader and the chief whip, etc., etc., but all your shadow ministers and deputy shadow ministers and ordinary members all get the same salary. But your prominence is a, if we can call it a government in waiting, if we were to get into government and we had to elect ministers, she wouldn't be the minister. And, and if we then look at this system, I mean... Uh, the reason why uh, some people have said the reason why she hasn't been uh, dealt with more severely is that there is there is the the funders and so on. How is that? Is that is that has that stood by her and made sure that she she isn't dealt with more more harshly? I mean, it, it you, you don't can't you don't say want she to hasn't be the been ANC, dealt right? with more severely when mm-hmm. the FLC hasn't sat through the disciplinary hearing. However the disciplinary near here. I mean, that yes. parliament made its own decisions in terms of we were already going to have a cabinet reshuffle mm-hmm. because we lost Dion George who immigrated to the US. We lost to the Honorable Kenneth Mubu, who passed away recently. Mm. So we already had two members who passed away. There was going to be a cabinet reshuffle. Yes, this was fast-tracked, but what happened with Diane? Mm. Mm. So naturally, this has had to happen because you must take all the facts into consideration when you reshuffle, you reshuffle your cabinet. So was, there, was there a link between... Sorry to, to no, hijack go, go, your, go, 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 <laughs> your talk show <laughs> moment. But I'm very curious because... What's not clear, because Musi hasn't said anything, is whether her being small little attack there, demoted, yeah. yeah, whether her being demoted is directly related uh, to this reposting and the fallout. Is it related, Rafilwe? I think to an extent it is related because obviously she has brought the party to disrepute, but again, that will go into the FLC hearing on Friday. But further to that, we can't say she's guilty, guilty, because the FLC hasn't made a ruling. Once she's come out of the disciplinary hearing, then we'll hear what the verdict is from, say, Glennis Breitenbach, who heads the FLC. Now, the reason I asked were, that, by the way, because I want to comment here, is that the problem is if there is a link, because I haven't, the reason I didn't comment on that publicly is that we can't assume that it's coincidence or it's a direct result that this uh, reshuffle has happened, right? In theory, the party can say, oh, well, it was on the cards anyway. Yes. But the problem now is if you demote her, it's not good enough for a field where to say, well, if we were a government in waiting and we had to take over the reins tomorrow, she wouldn't have a cabinet portfolio. Because then what you're saying is it's okay uh, to retweet racist comments if you are a backbench. Mm. Yes. It's only not okay if no. you're in cabinet. It's the equivalent. That, that's the that's the logic you committed to. No, no, no. You see, because let, let me give you a different perspective on what you're just raising. The cabinet reshuffle was going to happen anyway. It has been fast tracked by the incidents that have taken place. The demotion has happened because of the what has happened, irrespective of the outcome of the FLC sitting. Mm. No. And it, I'm not going to definitely I'm not going to say it's OK to retweet racist comments because the FLC must still sit and make that final decision. 
But uh, so so, irrespective of what the FLC says, um, from your position, has this this has obviously done strategic damage to the party? No, no, it has. And 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 would 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 it then not stand to reason whether or not she is found guilty or not uh, that there must be consequence and and do you then feel that that consequence should be communicated should be a strong message not just to to the broader public but to DA members that we will not tolerate this whether it is by accident or whether it's deliberate. Well, look, Musi has said in so many public <coughs> pro- platforms, we this DA is not a party for racists. And obviously the FLC will also come out with what the judgment is with regards to what happens to Diane in terms of whether she retains her membership or what happens to her going further into the future with the, her relationship with the Democratic Alliance. We've mentioned a number of DA names, half of which I can't remember because they're so irrelevant. But let's uh, let's let's mention <laughs> ah, a, a few Andrew. names. Yo, that, um, that Gareth Cliff, is that you? Yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Cyril Mack, you might know that person. Danny Bolton and Winston Campbell. Do those names come about? Yes, they do. All of which have uh, crossed the floor to the ANC. They've thrown their blue shirt. Uh, on the floor, and I like your blue shirt to be honest, it's quite nice quality, <laughs> and gone for a very, very, very low quality of a yellow shirt, ANC, citing racism, citing racial slurs, citing racial prejudice. Now, that's their story, right? Have you ever felt in the party, as an individual, as a black woman, have you ever felt that there have been racial injustices against yourself? From party members, in the DA? Not really. I think nobody will take me on in the DA. But I will be honest. There are incidents where you find we've got members who are not true to cause or don't adhere to the DA values. But in the same breath, I want to say the following. There's a couple of people that have left the DA because they were possibly facing disciplinary hearings and they are not necessarily white people, they are black people. They have violated party processes. And then because they're facing disciplinary hearings, they become easy pickings for the ANC. And then they use the racial slur against us. Mm. So so in Eusebius's book, and, and coming to this, uh, Eusebius says that... Which book that, is that? Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm not paying these guys. Expert, <laughs> listeners, I'm not He's paying an expert. That, right? <laughs> can, we, can we just do this? Can we just punt all of Eusebius's books? And just get it out the way, Please. So, so, so in Eusebius's book, he, he says that he. I could, haven't he read could, Eusebius's could, book, so you guys need to tell me. I'm just. I'll bring you one next time. He says. Thank he, you, and it must be autographed, please, Eusebius. <laughs> <It's a pleasure. laughs> uh, could I vote DA? A voter's dilemma. Mm-hmm. He, he says that he could probably make it as a DA leader, uh, because he's well spoken, he's traveled the world, uh, he's educated, and so on. And so it, it, it would all, it would all, the systems and the processes that that lead to you being elected as a leader do you do you think that they 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 consciously or un- unconsciously designed to weed out black black people so t- take us through the process how how do you become a leader in the DA and do you think that that the way that 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 system is structured prejudices uh, black talent I don't think so I think um, the DA pretty much goes through an election like we go through the normal elections like we had last year so I'll give you an, a scenario. I'm a deputy federal chair. I went through a process where I had to put myself out there, say what I'm standing for, what I'm going to bring to the party, how people will benefit from what I'm bringing, and how the party is going to grow from what I'm bringing. Similarly, Musi and Wilma James, if you remember the 
Congress last year. They all had to stand and say this is what they bring to the party and how they think they can grow the party and take the party forward. Mm-hmm. Talking to the values of the DA. Mm-hmm. I don't think that prejudices anybody. As long as you... I mean, we had a guy who was two weeks in the party who even stood for leader. There was five um, people that actually stood for leader last year at Congress. Mm-hmm. Do you so not- nobody is prejudiced. You just have to market yourself and show people that you are capable Let's just talk. Lead. Let's talk about your campaign specifically. Uh, your big word, I love it, like buzzword that every DA member who runs for everything has to yeah. have was connect. Yeah, and fresh connections. Fresh connections, Correct, right? Because I'm a communicator. How are you going to bring fresh connections when the majority of South Africa think that the DA serves white interests? I'll tell you what. I'll. I'm going to cite a typical example. I went to Zanin two weekends ago, not this past, but the weekend before. And because I'm a rural person, I grew up on farms and I speak Sesotho fluently. I go and speak to people about what the DA is. I literally translate the DA message into vernacular so people understand what the party is about. Because a lot of people do not understand what the DA is about. And I'm proudly rural. I take that message and say, if I can come from a farm girl and become a deputy federal chair for the DA and also national spokesperson, you can be the same. You don't have to be defined by your past. I, I want to get back to, to, this, to, to the process because it's very interesting then that uh, the majority of, black, uh, of DA leaders are white. Uh, given this process, so so why is it that uh, in a country where the majority are black and in in a party that says it it it, it goes for equal opportunity and so on, why is it that there's just this miracle that happens then that the majority of the leaders are then white? How, how does that happen? I'm not sure I understand what you mean by how the majority of our leaders are. Oh, oh. Are the majority of your leaders not white? We're a diverse party. I get it. Yeah, the majority of them. I can't say they're all white. Really? Definitely not. So what's the split in parliament? Probably 30% black. 30% black. Correct. And the rest white. How, have, how has that happened in, in, in a country with the demographics that we have in South Africa? Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it's absolutely not awkward. It's absolutely oh. not awkward. But I, I think... You need to also be, I'm, I'm going to be realistic. Look at where the party is coming from and the growth. And I mean, we've got a whole lot of developmental courses that go in, like our Young Leaders Program, which are literally to say, and we don't say we want blacks or we want whites. We say young people who feel they want to get into leadership positions. Mm. Here is a course called the Young Leaders Program. Come on board so we can develop leaders. We don't go out and say we want black leaders or we want white leaders. Please join the DA. No. But we then, want to have a party that ultimately, say if you take Vision 2029, it's diverse and represents the, the landscape. And even the 30% I'm talking to, it was not because the DA said we're going to get 30% blacks. It is by naturally going out, finding talent. Even Musi, if you remember, we go out and find talent, black or white, and we bring it on board. Eusebius, let's get you in here. So the party does not go out and specifically say we're looking for black talent. So you're right. You're about you find talent. 
uh, you're about to release a book on racism and, and you've done a lot of work just understanding this thing. Is that good enough uh, in a country where, I mean, if a white candidate and a black candidate are going head to head for a seat at, at the leadership No, at but the that's not what academy. you said, Rory. If you said to me, <laughs> yes. if I'm faced with an interview process, for mm-hmm. example, and you've got two equally qualified candidates, mm-hmm. one black, one white, mm-hmm. Obviously, if you look at the history of South Africa and apartheid, we will take the black candidate first because we also need to do redress. Okay. So are you saying that no good black candidates have come to the table since only 30% are black and 70% are white? You must also remember joining the party is a voluntary thing. We don't say to people at, the, at gunpoint, you have to join the DA. You must attract talent. That's mm. a voluntary movement. So is the DA doing a bad job at attracting black talent? No, we haven't. That's why we've got the Young Leaders Program. If you look at the, our councillors, go to um, local government. Mm. Quite a lot of our councillors are coming through. If you even look at the applicants now for uh, Asperi candidates for next year's election, we are inundated with applicants who actually want to become members of the DA. So youth leaders is, is where you're seeing a lot of traction in terms of black leadership. Uh, that's a strategic course that has been crafted by the DA to actually build leadership. So youth leaders like Mbali and Tuli, who just last year said that there was a huge indifference, I would call it, between her and the current then leader, <clears throat> Helen Ziller, uh, she actually resigned because she felt that it was too racially... You know, slided towards white people. But he's still a member of the DA. She resigned She's as the youth leader. She resigned as she was the redeployed, if I remember correctly. <laughs> she was not redeployed. Mbali we don't want to use that kind of language. No, no, no. Okay. The word redeployed is, does exist, but Mbali didn't get redeployed. She was an MPL in KZN, mm-hmm. and she decided to re- to resign as the youth chair. But the person who is the acting youth chair, Yusuf Kasim, is still a non-white person. He's a um, can I call it an Indian gentleman? You can call it whatever you want. (laughs) But I hate racializing people by their color. I prefer to just use You prefer non-racialism. That's the country we should be building, not Mm. defining people by race. Non-racialism from a white point of view, right? No, non-racialism from a black rural girl. Okay. Eusebius. Um, So looking at the DA policies and... uh, you know, there's there's no specific policy on transformation, at least one that I've seen. Uh, they've got a land reform policy, um, and then in the economic policy, they speak about redress. And in the land reform policy, by the way, they're saying that it should not be driven by quant- a quantitative assessment. You know, it's so and this is and this speaks to a lot of the rural things that uh, that Rafila is talking about. Do you think that the policies, though not racist, um, are still Defend white privilege a lot, or, or do you think they're going far enough uh, to to try and transform the, the 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 structure or the economic inequalities in South Africa? No, they don't. And Rafael, where's answer to you? I'm loving it, by the way. Listening to every single sentence there of the last five minute exchange between you guys, it just <laughs> underscores everything about the conundrum that the DA thinks it faces, but it doesn't actually. <laughs> and what they think they face is this need to talk colorblind language, but secretly wanting to convince not even a black person, Andrew, that actually they do care about <laughs> black excellence and that the 30% is not the only 
uh, number of South Africans who are talented who could be leadership in the party. But actually, what you need to say is we deliberately go and look for black people, phenotypically black people. Yes, black in terms of apartheid categories. Mm. Uh, again, which Musi dissed yesterday. I don't know how else you're going to track racial justice if you don't, don't want to face up to it, yeah. social constructions of race. Mm. And to say that I'm looking for a talented black person. I'm going out there. Not, yes, talent. Oh, whoa, you happen to also be black. What a coincidence. It's, du- it's a double win for me. <laughs> but actually, I set out to find talent. But now that you say your name is Rory, that's a bonus for me. Mr. Chavalala, because you also happen to be black. No, if I was in the DA, I would be probably as awkward as Mbalin Tuli who gets sidelined every now and then because I would insist that we need to be blunt and explicit that it's about racial justice, not diversity. Leave that American awkward justification for affirmative action, race-based affirmative action. Mm. We're looking for black people probably even black African over Eusebius, mm. and that we do it as a matter of racial justice, that the 30%, I'm not even sure if it's right, it might actually be better than that, Rafilwe, but if 30% black leadership in the DA caucus is not acceptable, and just because you come off a thin base, which is the other, the previous spin doctors in the DA love saying this, because the upward trajectory is in the right direction, you don't have to take accountability for the pace at which you're finding black talent or the fact that you're starting from a really thin base. So it's not good enough. And, and what you find in, in Rafil West's um, uh, speech so far is this, this, discomfort with, on the one hand, not wanting to run away from the racial injustice of the past, but wanted to make sure that no. if Kurs van der Merwe is listening, no, no, no. that you're not that you're not really endorsing <laughs> explicit racial categories. I, 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 I want to have your I, cake I, and I, eat it. No, 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 you serious. I think we must talk <laughs> about disadvantage everywhere. There are black, there are even white people that were disadvantaged. Yeah, all three of them. <laughs> no, nope. uh, even yeah? if there are three, but we need to look at disadvantaged people as a holistic. You're not going to. It doesn't make sense to racialize because once you start racializing, then you're building a racial society. Don't you think that we exactly don't you think we are a racial society? I mean, given our legacy where black people were oppressed, not because of anything else but their color, surely that you know, 20 years is not a long time afterwards. 20 years is a long time to fix a few things. Uh, fix what? I mean, you, you yeah, want your to education, for example, if we're gonna go into specific spheres of government. You can fix education in 21 years, mm-hmm. your health systems. But let's not talk about that. I'm talking about the idea of racial politics. But let's talk about the disadvantaged. If there is a lot of disadvantaged people in South Africa, whether they are black, white, Indian or colored. But let's, let's also look at those stats. 80% of them will be black. That's fine. But I don't, right. I'd prefer that we don't racialize them and we refer to the people that are disadvantaged in totality because then you're living out the the whites that could have been disadvantaged from the past but uh, andrew i mean this is this is exactly the kind of unnecessary mistake the da make and it actually pisses me off because i don't like the anc getting a free pass the anc rafilo and i can both wax lyrical i agree with her about the governance uh, challenges of the anc and weaknesses i mean the anc has messed up so many opportunities right that's the easy part of analyzing south african politics mm. now the question is are opposition parties eff for that matter as well are they capitalizing in the best possible way on these ANC challenges and they're not you do certain things which my late mom would have called putting jam in the mouths of ANC supporters mm. when you get certain unnecessary things uh, wrong tactically and otherwise and one of them is to say oh no we want to find all poor people every poor person counts not one poor person is bad uh-uh. society <laughs> the way we live in society is there are structures not just individuals structures dominate history black people experience apartheid black people experience poverty it wasn't 
poor people who experience poverty. It happens to be the case that some white people are poor, some black people are rich, but the majority of poor people are black. But more importantly than that, Rafilwe, their daily lived experiences psychologically is not on the basis of class, it's on the basis of race. It's also why Rory and I can probably tell you as middle class black people, and you can chip in because you have these experiences yourself, we also experience racial dynamics even when we are no longer poor. Mm. So to say let's focus on poverty is to pretend that race and class dynamics are one and the same thing and the awkwardness of racial experiences can be eliminated by simply reducing everything to class. If you're gonna, if you're gonna deliver speeches between now and next year's election and 2019 saying it's all about poverty, it's not about race. You, it will take an even longer time for me to vote for the DA. <laughs> Rafila, no, Rafila, do, do, do you believe? Do, do you do you genuinely believe that it's not about race? Do, your your personal is this your personal view that it's not about race? It's just about disadvantage. I, no, let me clarify what I'm saying. I prefer us to look at everybody who's disadvantaged and say, let's look at everybody who was disadvantaged from the past. I mm. don't think it's fair mm. to say we're going to look at the blacks who were disadvantaged from the past. Mm. Is, is, because is, for me, I would rather we're building a society that talks to reconciliation and a non-racial society versus the one that says the blacks were disadvantaged, so we'll only do for the blacks the following. And so then you sideline Hold on, in. hold on. Rafilo, that's exactly the same as saying, let's not talk about misogyny and the experiences of girls and women There's when it comes one. to sexism, because there are two men out there who have experienced sexist violence. Let's tackle sexism <laughs> regardless of your gender. Otherwise, we're going to get to a stage where we say only the sexist experiences of women are important. Well, dear her, in the actual history of this world, it is girls and women who are the victims. The fact that some women better their husbands and that some men are victims of being battered does not change the structural reality of misogyny. Racism operates in the same way. But it doesn't nullify their experiences. It doesn't, but it means your policy language must speak to the reality of that overall structure. To talk about the statistical um, anomaly is to completely miss the dynamics of your society. immediately say the disadvantaged, immediately immediately your definition includes your majority blacks who were disadvantaged. But then why are you scared to foreground it? Why are you trying to get there euphemistically? I think we need to get to a space where people understand that South Africa is better off when we build a non-racial society versus building a racially divided society. Rafilwe, who, who, who does who does it uh, benefit to to say non-racial? Absolutely. Who who are you afraid of upsetting? Um, by simply saying that South Africa is a racial society, um, so for example, you, your policies do emphasize education. So, so are you then saying that black people should wait until they're educated? By the way, we still have an issue of underrepresentation on the JSE. A report recently came out. I'm not sure which one that says that only 10% of CEOs are, are, are black or destined or. or People who are destined for for or being groomed for CEO positions are black, so it seems like this trans this education route is also taking quite a long time. So must we wait for that, uh, or is the DA willing to be bold in saying we need to do something radical and it needs to happen sooner? The minute you say disadvantage, immediately you know that you have covered your black companies in there. Why must you racialize it? Don't you think that they? No, wait, uh, I, I'm, I'll just, just, I need to understand. <laughs> Why must wait, you racialize? Wait, my brother. Wait, wait, wait white liberal. Wait. I'll sit in the wings. I'll listen. No, I'll listen. I, so I'm I was kind of, I was kind of dumbstruck by the answer, and then I was just waiting for it to land, <laughs> and, and then it, and it paused. So, so I want. Could you say that? So I'm, I'm just a little. I'm not sure I'm understanding you. Uh, could you say that again? I'm saying, yeah. why must you racialize again? Why must you racialize the 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 companies 
that are not on the JSE and say the black companies are not listed as many as white companies that are listed. No, no. Why don't you look at the disadvantaged companies? Disadvantaged companies. That didn't make it onto the JSE. Immediately, it already brings the tone. That's what I'm saying. Your tone in terms of bringing about race is wrong. So let's, 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 let's speak about the economy. Uh, for a second, right? So, uh, 6.5 trillion rand uh, mm. is is under management in the in in the South African economy. Only 4.4 percent of that is managed by black asset managers, right? Yeah. Now, what that means is that most of that money that is being that that is being managed finds its way into or, or finds finds its way into the hands of white companies, grows those white companies, creates profits that then go back into white hands. So we've got an under a fundamental problem in South Africa of economic uh, uh, an economic that. structure that is race based so you're saying that we should we should ignore we should ignore the fact that only 4.4% of capital ignore. no no you're saying we must just look at disadvantage and and it should not be race based am i understanding you i'm saying mm. don't racialize it what does that Define mean does that mean so so if we're going to come up with a policy are you saying that it should it should not it should not spe- be specific about the fact that black people you know in the in the preamble uh, whereas black people have been subjugated and disadvantaged for so many years, we have decided that we're going to do A, B, C, D that specifically assists black people to rise from yeah. the economic squalor and, and, and participate on an equal footing. You're saying we shouldn't, we shouldn't even mention the word black. It should be, whereas disadvantaged people have been disadvantaged uh, by, by accidents of history, uh, we are now going to lift all disadvantaged people up. Is that, is, would that be better? That makes more sense. Instead of trying to make people Feel that Dick or was it George Go? You see this? No. Look at your. I mean, let's take an example with education. If you start saying all the black schools, you can start getting to a point where you say, if you look at this Anna testing, for example, right? It's the tau that doesn't want to do Anna testing, and effectively, it's the black kids that are being disadvantaged. Mm. If you then take race as a factor, you're encouraging racism in, within South Africa. But no, rather, that's not true. It is. No, because no, no, no. if you take your honor testing and you take it into schools, look at who doesn't want to do the testing and who is allowing the testing to go through. So, I mean, there are two things here that need to be said, right? Firstly, there are some members of the DA, senior members, some of them in Musi's inner cabinet, as it were, who are profoundly uncomfortable with identity politics and want identity politics to be thrown out the window so that we can only talk about uh, atomistic individuals and about opportunities because they don't like identity politics. It scares them. That's nonsense. The, the first reason why those policies need to be couched in racial terms, Rafila, even if in theory, you might be able to design a policy in race-neutral language that speaks to poverty and class that, that achieves a just outcome, right? But the reason why the description of the problem needs to be racialized is because that's how we experience racism in this country as black people. I don't want a policy that only lifts me out of poverty. I want to have my cake and eat it. I want a policy that lifts me out of, pol- of poverty and I wanted to affirm and understand the way in which I live on a daily basis as a poor black person, not just as a poor person, Jay. So when you're saying, you know, one ca- it will be inadvertent that you will capture black people if you talk about disadvantage. My question is, 
Rory's one that you haven't answered from six minutes ago. Who benefits from that race-neutral language? And the people who benefit are people who are white and middle class and wealthy, who are uncomfortable with explicit race discourse. And then the question becomes a tactical one that we can debate off-air. If I was inside the DA, I would say, uh, you know, late two o'clock in the morning, why do we care about one or two people who will be uncomfortable about racial identity politics when the country is black, the numbers are on our side, we need to grow it? So it makes neither moral sense in terms of the country's history. And from a purely strategic communication point of view, it also doesn't make sense. You have many people who are not comfortable with the ANC, like myself, because of its poor record in government. But at the same time, we look at you and then we go, Aish. And then suddenly you next thing you have a title that says a voter's dilemma. (laughs) No, no, no. You see this? I think I'm going to answer you in the following manner. First of all, we're not uncomfortable discussing race. But what we are saying is, it's better to build a non-racial society. I'm not going to deny that 70% unemployment, uh, 70% unemployed youth are black. Mm. But what you need to do is say, are we not better trying to make sure that we empower all youth to grow so that you can get that 70% employed? In theory, yes, but the short answer is the the right way to get there is to go and spend most of your resources on black youth and to say so Mm -hmm. and to make those black youth feel like for the first time their dignity will be affirmed by you deliberately giving enabling conditions to black youth. White youth as a as a grouping do not suffer in this country because they still benefit from the history of anti-black oppression. But the DA says, for example, if you take um, education as a starting point empowering black youth, fix the schools where they are. Don't try and fix, break the ones that are working at the expense or, and then say you're not, not fix the ones that are not working. Say, for example, so to a school day, fix that school where it is. And naturally, by fixing a school in Soweto to the level of a school in Senton, you're empowering black youth. But, but we're not saying we should be racializing it like that. Uh, sorry, I just want to go back because I'm probably the most, an intellectual person in the room here and just by saying that i think Aww. i proved it but what why why are we so scared of talking about black people in the da like it just it's just a simple question why does it have to be this non-racialism non this we help poor people and through that it means that poor people equals black people isn't that a little bit pejorative but anyway let's move on like why are we scared of saying hey black person we want to help you as the da we're not scared to say it, but we want people to understand that. But you've ob- been scared the whole interview. No, no, no. The, hope, the objective is to encourage South Africans to get into their mindset that the vision of the party is to build a non-racial party. Uh, Rafilwe, you seem very uncomfortable. And I'd hate. No, I'm not you, uncomfortable. I, I, I'm a host, I'm a hospitable kind. I, I, I'd hate for our guests to go out telling people just how horrible hosts we are. Um, no, I, I, I prefer so, to talk so, the truth. Yes, let's. So let's. So um, maybe to take you behind the scenes at Ahang when that uh, when when the kids happen. Sure, man. We all have a past, uh, eh? Uh, we all have a past. <laughs> <laughs> we do. But do you see? Men. But do you see how? Do you see how I'm embracing my past? Unlike unlike uh, yeah. unlike uh, no, the DA. Like the DA. Uh, yeah, but uh, embrace that. Mistake. One of our one of our leaders. One of our one of our provincial leaders came to me and said, "Hi, Rory, man. Hi." 
you know, I, our leader is egg dance. She's dancing on eggs. It's an egg dance. And I'm seeing you <laughs> dance on eggs with this thing. You're, you're performing uh, an egg dance around this issue. Yeah. Um, do you, do you, do you, do you believe that the DA is where it needs to be in terms of number one, the way it manages, uh, race issues within the party? Do you think the DA is where it needs to be in terms of the way that it, Drives the, 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 the racism conversation within the party. And do you think that the DA is where it needs to be in terms of de-racializing some of its systems and processes to allow for black people to rise a lot quicker? Okay. I'm gonna, um, give me two seconds. Mm. In terms of where DA needs to be, as a party grows mm. and you get more and more diverse, more and more needs to be done in order to deal with the different Challenges or differences that come on board The DA has grown so fast That it itself is learning As it's growing in terms of how it deals With the different dynamics that come on on, on As a party So no, we're not where we need to be In terms of how we deal with racial issues we're not, need to, no, we're not where we need to be In terms of how we deal with a whole bunch of Other sensitive issues within the party But the nice thing for us at the point at the at the moment is the fact that, for example, you will have meetings at um, different levels where your leaderships now sit. You get a Rafila, you get a John Moody, you get a Helen Namusi, and other people sitting around the table and saying, "Guys, let's have these conversations." And that is the reality of having a growing party. You need to adapt and fix and accommodate those changes as you grow. So we're not where we need to be, but we are learning and growing as we grow as a party, having more and more memberships. Are you, so we, we all know that, that money drives politics and ultimately the funders uh, get to dictate a lot. Are your funders on board with, what, with the changes that need to happen? Okay. We believe that people who fund us must align to the values of where we want to take the party. Really, so 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 the funders, you 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 you're willing to upset the funders if, if it if if so be it, we lose the funder, as long as we stand for the specific for a specific value. I think the people that come to us to fund us, they say we understand what you need to do to achieve your objectives, and we fund you on that basis. Are they mostly white? Not really. We have a mixed bag of funders. But the majority, would you say, that most of the money comes from white people? I cannot say with certainty because I've never interrogated funding. Mm. So I, I, I'm I'm just curious because you see the, the policies and so on seem to, as we said, not uh, seem to not want to upset people, and so I'm just wondering I didn't whether say upset the white. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm upset saying, white people. Yeah, they, they seem to not want to upset white people. So right. your land, your land reform policy is not very explicit about uh, we're going to take land from this and give it to that. Uh, you don't have a transformation policy. Our, from, our from land what policy see, has right? always been based. I mean, we're busy reviewing it, but mm. it's always been on willing buyer, willing seller. Yes, but it's but it's being reviewed as we speak. And what you're saying is it's not driven by quantities, right? I mean, so so in other words, as long as we have given some land and not the majority, it, it would. But still if be you okay. look at the Western Cape, they're actually better than even other provinces in terms of making sure we do land redistribution. But that that is not the issue. The the policy, the specific policy, speaks about it not being a but quantitative policy exercise, is right? being implemented where we govern. I understand, but I'm saying it specifically says it's not driven by a quantitative measure. That's what the policy says, right? So in other words, 
even if we drive, even if we, we, we give away 20% of the land and we, there's still 80% that's unaccounted for, as long as we have served the broad principles and so on, we'd be okay. No, that's not what we're saying. Obviously, okay. there's targets in terms of what needs to be done. Mm. That's why we regularly try and get, even if we sit on the willing buyer, willing seller, mm. we try and make sure that the negotiations happen to meet a particular target. In your mind, what would the ideal look like in terms of the land reform situation in, in South Africa? What, what, would, what would the ideal look like? Everybody who's able to own their own land and have a title deed should. How? So currently sitting in, in, let's say, let's say the land that's sitting in white hands, uh, what would then happen to that? Because obviously the land is a finite resource. So have you looked so at the stats of land and how much is still sitting as government yes, land a lot of versus government the white land. owned land? Yes. And how so much of that can actually be used to redistribute to black people? Yeah, so as we, we mustn't touch the white or the white land. That's what you're saying. We must just first, we must just deal with the government land. The white land, we don't want to upset the white people. No, but that's coming through basis of willing buyer, willing seller. Should you just take the land away from the white people without buying it? Okay. Can I can I ask? I mean, we have to unfortunately. That's why the buying comes into play. We have to unfortunately start wrapping up, and I think this this uh, conversation could go on a long time. Uh, we've been speaking about is the DA racist? Join the podcast if you've missed any of it. It's worthwhile, definitely. Rafilwe, I've been in the States for the last uh, couple of couple of days on my white privilege saying, holiday. Dude, you know, yeah. you, you <laughs> see, you yes. see, like, like Andrew, gonna Andrew's it. got a bit of black in him. He's got a bit of black in him, like everything. It's beginning to sound like Felicia Mabusa. Never was in the States. Exactly. Felicia and I had coffee. She's a very nice woman. Anyway. My black privilege took me to Zanin. There we go. There we go. And this is my point. This is my point. In America, the New York Times wrote a brilliant article about Barack Obama and the fact that he has to get to his presidency and to continue to be president and credible. He has had to calm what they call his black anger. Right. He has not been able to show his black anger as a black person. The way he's been treated in society in America has had to be quelled. Do you feel that? As a DA individual, you say you come from a rural background. Correct. Your parents were under huge amounts of duress through apartheid. They were completely, completely mistreated. I, as a white person, apologize for that. (laughs) Okay? But you have certain anger around that. There is anger within you because you've seen how mistreated you have been, your family has been, your... do you, are you able to hold that black anger as well as hold being a DA member? Are you able to actually showcase your anger? Yes. Because I think for the benefit of the future of this country, I've got three children. And if I want them to grow in a country that is actually thriving and prosperous, I need to reach a middle ground where I say, I understand the pain of the history of this country. I'm too young to have said I can truly say I experienced racism. My parents probably did, and I grew up a little bit in seeing what the, the side effects of that was. But if I want to see my children thrive, thrive and flourish in this country, I need to get to a point where we say, we need to almost take what Mandela said and said, you know what, we need to get a point where we forgive and say, how do we work together to actually take us forward as a diverse country where we don't look at each other with anger. Y- Eusebius, as we wrap up, w- would you vote for the deer after this conversation? 
Well, I'm not someone who's gonna, you know, make up my mind about voting every second when I hear someone. I think to be fair on the DA and, and on Musi, um, you know, as we all have to be, uh, fair on, uh, anyone who has a job that requires you to track their performance over long term, you can't change your mind about whether you like them, don't like them, would vote for them, not vote for them, based on every single event. Mm. So I'm interested in how the DA behaves over time, and we've got a lot of time between elections. Uh, my situation as a voter remains basically the same in this country, which is fundamentally a dilemma. Uh, I've got a lot of poor people in my family. I understand structural analysis. I'm a race realist, even if race is a social construction. The ANC speaks to that. But the ANC is also a party that has a lot of corrupt people in it, has a deep ethical leadership crisis in it, internally lacks democracy, and so there are also a lot of things that doesn't resonate with it. Mm. On the other hand, you have the DA, where internally the culture is not, by the way, as great as it is. There's some gagging that happens, but it's better than the ANC. But I don't yet feel like this party speaks the language for a country where colonialism and apartheid history reach us into the present. So right now, my vote remains up for grabs, and I think that's the dilemma of most thinking South African voters. Mm. All right. Uh, we, we have unfortunately run out of time. Guys, thank you very much uh, for your engagement on this topic, and I'm sure there's more to come. Uh, we'll put out the Twitter handles in just a second. Rory, let's wrap up your feeling. Is the DA racist? Is the DA a racist party? Do they have no, racial so prejudice uh, within them? Yeah, look, I don't think that the DA is a racist party, but I think it's got a lot of work in terms of defining its 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 position on race. I think I think it would do the DA a, a, a lot of favors if they actually just came out and said one race is an issue, we admit it and we 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 acknowledge it. Two, this is how we are going to define a race policy, right? Even if it's towards non-racialism, but don't assume we're we're non-racial right now. So if you want us to get to non-racialism, what are you going to do? We're what not going to do steps? it. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to do it by ignoring it, right? Mm-hmm. It, you know, in spite of whatever feelings we might have towards the DA or anyway, a weak DA is not in the interest is not in the interest of of, of the best interests of South Africa. So we right. want the DA to be strong, mm-hmm. right? But then they they're going to have to deal with those things that 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 most weaken them. One of them being this issue around race. Guys, that's it uh, for the show to this Wednesday. I'm back. I feel great being here. I've missed you, Rory. You've been Where brilliant. Were you? ah. <laughs> <laughs> so while I was in New York, uh, this song came on the radio, or this song was playing at a house, uh, as a house tune under the Brooklyn Bridge, which so I just, really enjoyed. Just before the song, just before the song, let's allow Eusebius to to punt the book. That uh, was about to okay, Eusebius, what is your book called? What's the book? What? Okay, a ra- <laughs> an unradio first. The book's title is Run Racist Run. Journeys into the heart of racism. It will be out in the first week of November at all reputable bookstores. Fantastic. So you mean exclusive books. All right. That's good. Rafil and Seka, thank you so much for, for defending the party. Apologies. See, you got it wrong as well. You can find Eusebius at Eusebius. That's E-U-S-E-B-I-U-S. And Rafil and Seka. R-E-F-I-L-O-E-N-T-S-E-K-H-E That sounds like an alphabet song Thanks white people Thanks so much for joining us Have a lovely day Ciao ciao The Konza Show On cliffcentral.com